we are continuing. I think we'll probably finish this foundation series um, soon. Um, and we'll, I don't know what the next series will be called. Cement or brick? I don't know. We'll finish the foundations. My jokes get funnier. My preach today is called community and then two interesting words, edification and mutuality. Look at these lovely people on the screen. For those listening on the, on the recording, it's just some pictures of our time at the McCulloch's house. So what I want you to do, uh, I guess we could have two groups, is um, look at, uh, ignore the word community for now, but I want you to, you can use Google, or maybe you already know what the words mean. But these two words, edification and mutuality. So I've got some questions. What do these words mean? And what do these verses reveal about these words? So we'll spend some time doing that together, and then I'm going to use that as a launch pad. Cool. So let's do that, shall we? So uh, let's, um, yeah, let's come back then. So edification, how do we understand that? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I've got. So I like these words because we don't really use them, but I think they're quite helpful. Um, and I occasionally see them, and I wonder if we could <laughs> not use them more, but just, you know, do what it says. Um, so, yeah, edification is the sense that, you know, we are brothers and sisters in Jesus. And so because of that, we share this uh, responsibility that I'm responsible for for the building up of your faith. You're responsible for the building up of my faith. Um, and I guess when you... Another challenge for people who don't go to church, but, you know, they're a Christian, um, is that they don't have, you know, well, they lose out on that edification. They don't have that. Um, and we get it, don't we? We gather together, we sing songs, and we're edified, we're built up. So we need that... Um, and you can get that from so many different things, can't you? And as I just said, you know, worship, preaching, now edification, um, and, and the different various things we do. Um, second one is mutuality. And it's similar, but it's acknowledging this oneness that unites us and striving, striving towards that oneness and taken seriously our fundamental oneness in Jesus. Um, so f- these verses that, you know, we rejoice and mourn with one another. We strive towards harmony. We bear one another's burdens. We intercede. We pray for one another. There's this interconnectedness, isn't there? Mutuality. Wonderful. And so the reason I want us to look at those two verses is just to ask, how do we, you know, how do we do this? And what's key to all of us? What unites all of us? And it's that third word, you know, community. All of this happens in this place of community. And so um, Acts 2, we're going to look at that shortly, is like the go-to, isn't it, for community? And we know Acts 2 because, and we'll talk about it on Wednesday evening, actually, with the course, but it's the Spirit is poured out, and it's not just people speaking in different languages, which often 
that's often the focus, I think, when people get from that passage. But actually, what I get from it as well is that it's people understanding the gospel in different languages. So there's this pouring out of the Spirit, people speaking in different languages, and people go, hold on a minute, I hear this in my own language. And so there's, I think Acts is telling us there, the gospel now has come for all people, everyone, all cultures, all ethnicities, everyone. The gospel's for all. And then we read this. So this is the famous verse, isn't it? This is the famous section of verses. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. What a wonderful bit of scripture. Um, it's so inspiring, isn't it, when you read those clunks in, in Acts that just kind of stop in a minute. They stop for a second and go, let me just explain what this church looked like. <laughs> and this is one of them. And, um, you know, we're inspired by it. Um, it like I say, it, you can't really preach on commu- community without talking about that verse. Um, and I, but every time I read Acts, I mean, I've... I just, I ask, you know, why, okay, why were they so committed? Um, And you might have heard me talk about this before, but why? How did this form? Um, How did this commitment form? Lots of reasons, you could say. I've got three. Well, number one, the Holy Spirit was with them. So the Spirit's like the glue and the drive, really. You know, they, we see so many amazing things in the world, societies, memberships. You're just chatting about football earlier. That's, a, you know, that's edification <laughs> and mutuality and oneness at a football match. You know, strong edification there, strong mutuality. Um, but the spirit, even more, you know, I think there is a spirit at a football match, you know. <laughs> There is. There's a spirit of, I don't know, joy, despair, whatever, whoever you support, Crystal Palace or (laughs) whoever your football team is. (laughs) Different emotions. But the Holy Spirit, um, so much more, wants to create that and so much more among us. Um, So I think the spirit was important. Secondly, they were committed to what people often call the four marks of the church. The four marks. Did you see them? So we've got four marks here. Apparently, if you do these four things, you're not only faithful witness to the world, but you um, will be successful in the sense of fulfilling your calling. So the four things are, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, number one. And, you know, that's how I interpret that is, um, they uh, devoted themselves to learning about, Jesus, the life of Jesus, as handed down to them by those first apostles. And they devoted themselves to fellowship. So they devoted themselves to what we're talking about, really, to shared living, to shared community, advocation, mutuality. And they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. That's the third thing. Without, you know, when we stop breaking bread, I was chatting about this um, this week, really, with someone. And 
it was like, how often do you break bread in, in your church? And some people break bread every week, don't they? And some people break bread when they remember <laughs> or forget or haven't broken bread in ages. And it, the fact that it's written here, I think there's something that every time we do it, I mean, thankfully, when we have our hub gatherings, they do it every time. And actually, the fact that we're with them, it reminds them that they have to break bread. <laughs> Stop thoughts with us, we have to break bread this Sunday. And luckily, we don't have to remember here, you know, because we rely on going to that to do it. So once a month, actually, if you look in the belonging course, um, I think we might say it on the fourth session, but in the longer notes, it does actually say we aim to do it once a month. Um, and so I think the reason why it's important, this the third mark here, is that it's, it, it re- reminds us what's really important, what's it all about. It's about the death of Jesus. It's about what, you know, him coming again. And that's what we look towards, this hope. And then finally, to prayer. At the fourth mark, you know, we have to devote ourselves to prayer. You know, if we don't, if we're not praying, we have no power. Um, if we're not reliant on God, we have no power. And so these are the four marks um, of this, you know, wonderful community. And so that's kind of two reasons why they were so committed. And then finally, the third reason is, I think, is that as simple as they were thankful. You know, they were a thankful people. Um, So how thankful are you of not just this community, but God's work in your life? Do you actively, you know, on a daily basis, remind yourself, are you... If you say, God, I'm so thankful for this. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for... Um, I think that's a key to their commitment to one another was thankfulness. I think if you take that away from Acts, you don't get this community that are bound together. They were so thankful. And I think they were so thankful because they'd never felt more loved and more forgiven. Yeah, they'd never felt so... Swept away by God's love, so included, so part of something. They'd never felt so loved. You know, they were just so in awe of God's love and mercy and goodness. And because of this, they were eternally grateful. And they were thankful. And that overflowed in in their lives. That thankfulness overflowed. And so they received lots of mercy, didn't they? (laughs) And so we, we receive mercy, so we give mercy. You know, we receive love and we give love. And so, th- so there are the three reasons. Spirit was with them. They were committed to the four marks. And they were thankful. They were thankful. Um, these, sorry, these are the three reasons. We don't go to church. <laughs> this, is, this will sound familiar to us, but it's probably not as strong anymore in our church. But there was a time, I think when I joined 12 years ago, um, it was a culture of, like, you don't say we don't go to church. This is familiar. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> and I think um, it's so interesting now chatting to people that have joined us in the recent years. Hannah and they, they say language is different to language that I thought we were meant to say, and that's fine. For example, I was told, never, not, not told, <laughs> but shown... We don't say we're going to a church service. You know, it's sort of Dave Emmett's big thing, wasn't it, if you remember? Is this isn't a service, this is a meeting. 
And so we, uh, I still say church meeting, but I think people that join us from different traditions or whatever, they say church service. Nothing wrong with that. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that it's wrong or right or whatever. But um, I think at the heart of it, though, maybe, maybe there was a wrong heart about this. You're not allowed to say we're going to church. Maybe that got, maybe, maybe we were, I don't know, we were in a wrong place at that time. I don't know. But I think there's something about it that's really refreshing. Um, <clears throat> and as long as it's, you know, comes from a good heart and it isn't that you're trying to, like, show that you're doing the right thing. As, yeah. So I do think there's a valid point in that. And we don't go to a church, do we? We, you know, we're, we follow Jesus and together we form the church in our mutuality, in our edification. When we come together, we are the church. And, um, you know, we don't go to a church but, uh, and call that a building or whatever. We know, don't we, church is so much more than that. And so without reintroducing this language and banning us from saying it, it's just reminding us, isn't it, that we need to hold on a minute and say, when we look at Acts and we know what true Christianity looks like, behind all of that, you know, the truest form of Christian living isn't, isn't you know, limited to a building and it isn't limited to services. It goes beyond that. Um, it's life together. That's church. Um, and so I've got a really long quote from one of my favorite books. Um, and it's a really short book. It's like, it's this thin. Um, and it's written by someone called Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he was um, a German Lutheran pastor in the, during the Second World War in Germany, and he opposed the Nazis, and he was imprisoned for it, and he was killed for his faith, you know, and for opposing the Nazis. And he wrote lots of books, but he wrote one book called Life Together. And, you know, if you get a chance to read it, it's a very short book, sort of like 80 pages long, Talking pretty short. So I've got a quote from it. And here we go. I tried to fit it on one slide. So if you can't read it, it's fine. I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, here we go. So the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. If we do not give thanks daily for the Christian fellowship in which we've been placed, even where there is no great experience, no discoverable riches, but much weakness, small faith, and difficulty. If, on the contrary, we, are only, if we only keep complaining to God that everything is so paltry and petty, so far from what we expected, then we hinder God from letting our fellowship grow according to the measure and riches which are there for us all in Jesus Christ. Christian community is like, the, is like Christian sanctification. It is a gift of God which we cannot claim. Only God knows the real state of our fellowship, of our sanctification. What may appear weak and trifling to us may appear great and glorious to God. Just as the Christian should not be constantly feeling his spiritual pulse, so too the Christian community has not been given to us by God for us to be constantly taking its temperature. The more thankfully we receive what is given to us, the more surely and steadily will fellowship increase and grow from day to day as God pleases. 
Christian community is not an ideal, which we must realize. It is rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. So, I mean, there's a lot in this quote, isn't there? That challenges us. um, And it's just powerful. And I think kind of what I get from it is (laughs) communities there. You know, God's done it for us. It's all been created for us. And it's our opportunity now to kind of partake of it, you know, take it in and enjoy it and not try and make things happen. And so it was just a great time, wasn't it, at the McCulloch's, you know, hosting us in their home and just chatting with one another and just relaxing, enjoying life and in God's presence. And it's a wonderful thing that we can do. Um, But we don't like put the, you know, we don't do these things and say, you know, look at that great example of community. No, it's it just, it flows naturally out of us, doesn't it? And it did flow naturally. It was just beautiful. Um, and so I guess my challenge then is, you know, is this enough for you? Is this, communi- is this community enough for you? Uh, you know, and, and what I mean by that question is, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. <laughs> Um, is this enough for you? And if it's not, I think maybe we can introduce some thankfulness into our lives and introduce some yeah, some gratefulness towards God for all that he gives us daily. Um, when we're not meant to stop and check the temperature of our community or the pulse. We're just meant to receive it with thankfulness.